Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions, Romans chapter 13, day five in our look at this chapter. We're looking at verses 11 to 14 today. It's some verses about how to understand the times that God has put us in. I'm going to date myself and say that one of my favorite music groups growing up was Chicago, and the phrase, does anybody really know what time it is, reminds me always of their song. And the truth of the matter is, these verses remind us that we should, we should know what time it is not just on our watch, but in our generation. How do you respond to the times? And these verses even talk about how do you respond to the reality of the difficulty of our times? How do you respond to the darkness of this world? Should we be depressed? Should we give up? Should we just wait around and tell heaven? Well, in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14, Paul compares the circumstances of this world to the dark that's right before the dawn. And he says, here's what you do. If you understand the times, here's what you do. You wake up, you suit up, you clean up, and you dress up. Four things to do in this chapter. You wake up in verse 11, you suit up in verse 12, you clean up in verse 13, and you dress up in verse 14. Wake up, verse 11, you wake up from your sleep. Let me read that verse. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Don't bury your head in the sand of self-pity. Don't bury your hand in the sand of just fellowshipping with Christians. Don't even bury your head in the sand of Christian devotion, reading your Bible all the time and ignoring the world around you. Wake up. Wake up from your sleep. Honestly, these verses remind us that the, the more terrible the circumstances around us, the more motivated we should be as believers. Because he says, the day is almost here. Hope is our alarm clock. As a believer in Christ, if you feel like you're continually pushing the snooze button, turning off the alarm clock, turn it on. Let it keep ringing. Let the hope of what we're looking forward to guide your every day. Let that wake you up to what's around you. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Jesus came into this world to rescue us. And yes, we've experienced that rescue in part just by knowing him in this world just by the abundant life that he's given us. But the rescue is far from over. There is a day when we enjoy his perfection for all of eternity, and it is nearer now than when we first believed. Let that hope wake you up. Wake you up to live as light in this world. You wake up. Then in verse 12, you suit up. Put on the armor of light. Verse 12 says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The day is almost here. Now, that idea, by the way, the day is almost here. Wait a minute, this was written 2,000 years ago, nearly 2,000 years ago. How in the world could the day almost be here when 2,000 years ago it was almost there? Well, for 2,000 years, we've been looking forward to the almost here of Jesus' return. Jesus may not return today, but he could return any day. And for 2,000 years, Christians have lived every day in anticipation of the fact that this could be the day that Jesus returns. There is this anticipation of his return. And so you put aside the deeds of darkness. Why not, Paul says, the day is almost here. So why not do it now? And you put on the armor. What a picture, the armor of light. You don't make an impact on this world by shooting arrows into this world of truth from towers high above it. 
The only way to make an impact on this world, to bring light into this world, is to march right into it, wearing the armor of light. If you're going to march out into this world, you and I had better have some armor on because there's some tough things in this world. There's some evil things in this world, evil things that would hurt us, evil things that would tempt us. And so you put on the armor of light. You put on the armor of God's truth, God's love, God's strength. We don't sleep, these verses remind us. We, we battle. We don't sit above and judge. We, we run into the world. Paul said at the end of his life, I have finished the race. Not I enjoyed the easy chair. I have finished the race. He said at the end of his life, I fought the good fight. Not I napped the good nap. I fought the good fight. Now you should get the rest that you need. But the rest is for a reason. You get the rest that you need so that you can march out into the world and make a difference. This is not just simply a decision. I'm going to be light in a dark world. It is an action. It can only happen by choosing to do something, to serve someone, to make a difference in the world today. Where does God want you to march? What does he want you to do? You put on the armor of light and you go there. You wake up, you suit up. Verse 13, you clean up. Verse 13 says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. That's interesting. The words that are used here are uh, very strong words in the Bible. It uses the word orgies, not in orgies and drunkenness. Orgies were wild parties usually held at night, many times at idols' temples. That's the word that's used here. Not in drunkenness. We know what that means. It means exactly what it says. Not in sexual immorality is the next word. That, that word in the Greek literally means getting into bed, as the idea of getting into bed with someone before marriage or outside of marriage. It uses then this word that most of us don't even know what it means, debauchery. That word means sensuality, depravity, indecency. It has the idea behind it of doing what you want just because you can. Not in dissension. That, that has the idea of quarrels and fights. You're fighting with someone else. And not in jealousy. It's an interesting word, jealousy. It really means being passionately selfish. Now, you can be passionately in love with someone else. And so there's a positive kind of jealousy that's sometimes talked about in the Bible. Not here. This is talking about the negative time. Being passionately selfish. Being filled with envy that someone has something that you do not. This verse, verse 13, has a lot of history behind it, and we're going to talk about that more in just a moment. But before that, just focus on the personal side of this verse. It's not just about someone else. It's about the ways that I don't behave decently. C.S. Lewis has said, We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. We are far too easily pleased. I've always liked the honesty of that quote. How do you make a difference in our culture and our society? We make a difference by how we live. You choose not to do some things. You behave decently, but that's not enough. There's also a positive choice that you must make, that I must make, and that is to dress up. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why do I use the phrase dress up? Well, verse 14 says, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How do you do that? How do you not think about something? If I told you don't think about whatever, elephants, for the next two minutes, it's all you would think of unless, unless the only possible way to not think about something is to think about something else. 
You don't resist the thought, you replace the thought. And so the way to not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature is to instead clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Clothe yourself with Jesus. Well, when I got up this morning, I, I put on my clothes. And so did you, I hope. You dress yourself every day. I put on my clothes with the intention that they would be a part. They'd go with me all day long. They'd go where I go. They'd do what I do. And I'm going to do the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day. It's an everyday choice. And the clothes that I put on were a decision about what I was going to do that day. If I was going to some kind of formal event, I put on a suit. If I was going to work out in the yard, I put on my old jeans. A lot of people, when they wake up in the morning, they leave their options open. They don't decide from the beginning of the day, I'm going to live my day today for the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't clothe themselves with Jesus from the beginning of the day. And what I'm saying is don't stay in your spiritual pajamas all day. Make this decision the first thing because it's going to go with you all the way throughout the day. And so because of that, you don't think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Don't be selfish. Don't plan to be selfish. Don't even leave open the option of being selfish. But instead, start by clothing yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that sounds difficult. And that's why you start with the positive. You start each day by clothing yourself with the character and direction of Jesus Christ. Now these words in verse 13 and then into verse 14 are very famous words. These verses have been made forever famous by their connection with the conversion of St. Augustine. Augustine lived a wild, carousing life, running around with friends whose life were empty and even cruel to others, doing everything they were doing, he was a man who forbade himself nothing. He went into anything and everything. And as people still do today, he came to hate himself for it. He was a man who struggled with some time with the pride of admitting his own need. He once told a friend, because others have preceded us to faith in Christ, are we ashamed to follow? Why are we not instead ashamed of not following? Sometimes it's our own pride that keeps us from faith because we think, well, other people have done it and I want to be unique. Other people have done it because God loved them. God loves you. Well, Augustine's life was changed by the grace of God. He recorded this change in his work, Confessions. On the first page of that work is the famous line, Thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And Augustine, in his Confessions, writes about the day his life was changed. He was with a friend in the garden, and as he walked up and down, bemoaning his inability to change, in his despair, he walked into the further reaches of the garden and heard what he thought was the voice of a child. Some children maybe playing games, saying, take and read, take and read, take and read. He couldn't remember any children's games with those words, but the words stuck. And he went back to the friend that he'd been speaking with in that garden, and he, and he found Paul's letter to the Romans, and he flipped it open, and there were the words from Romans 13. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Augustine wrote, No further would I read, nor did I need, for instantly, as the sentence ended, by a light of security infused into my heart, all the gloom of doubt vanished away. He was never the same man again. He went on to become one of the greatest Christian teachers and thinkers and influences of all time. There was a radical change in the direction of his life 
So let me ask you, do you need that? A radical change in the direction of your life. Jesus Christ can make that change. Take and read. Maybe you have already been radically changed by Jesus Christ. What do you need? You need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ today. We all need that every day of our lives. It is a daily decision. Let's pray for God's strength in the radical change and the daily decision. Our Father, we pray together that you'd help us to to wake up, to suit up, to clean up, to dress up. God, if there is a radical change that needs to happen, we pray that you would dispel the doubt and put in its place, like only you can, a sense of hope. Help us to doubt our doubts and to trust in you. And Father, if that radical change has already happened, help us to not depend on what happened in the past, but to put on the Lord Jesus Christ today, to determine today to live for you because the night is almost gone. The day is almost here. Help us to live with joyful anticipation and hope every day of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, next week, we're going to be looking together at Romans chapter 14, a chapter that talks about how to serve one another in love, how to get along, maybe even sometimes when we disagree with those we're trying to serve in love. Join us next week as we look at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14.